It's Sports Day Plus with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 76 of Sports Day Plus. At 6.30, it's the first of a two-segment chat with the newest member of 1027 ESPN, my friend Tyler Campbell. And in mere seconds, I'm spending a couple of segments with comedian Mark Normand just before his shows at the Paramount Theater here in town tonight and tomorrow at 7. I am your host, Trey Elling. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. Mark Norman is a longtime stand-up comedian based out of New York City who has seen his popularity explode over the last couple of years. And he is bringing those stand-up talents here to Austin tonight at 7, tomorrow at 7 at the Paramount Theater. Scattered tickets remaining for both nights. You can go to austintheater.org to snag those tickets. Mark's website is marknormandcomedy.com. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am great. Welcome back to Austin, man. You and I spoke a couple of years ago, and it felt like at that time, just before Moon Tower Comedy Festival, that your career was about to explode. And sure enough, here we are two years later, and you've entered the stratosphere. How has the last two years been for you, man? Uh, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, I'll OD eventually, but <laughs> uh, it's been wild. Just can't believe it. Dream come true. Theaters, Netflix. Anal, you name it. I would imagine that even with the anal, that the uh, celebrity can be a little bit obnoxious at times. I don't know about you, but I can talk, and I do talk for a living, but I like that downtime, too. When people are constantly recognizing you out, that can get really freaking annoying. Oh, yeah, it's bad, and I'm always hungover, so it's uh, everybody wants to chit-chat and get you in a headlock and all that and credit card swipe you, so <laughs> that part's tough, and you want to be nice, and you appreciate it, but yeah, that I can't imagine being like a, you know, like a Tom Cruise or a Lisa Ann. <laughs> um, you you've become very familiar with Austin over these last couple of years as well. I've uh, seen you in town here performing stand up. I'm going to be at the Paramount show tomorrow night. And you obviously come in hey, uh, right. a few times a year for the. Um, for the Protect Our Parks recordings, too. Uh, is there something about Austin that you really uh, find yourself loving, whether it's a place to eat or just something about this great city? Well, just the crowds here are killer. There's a couple of towns in America that just really work for comedy. Austin, Denver, uh, Phoenix, Philly, and Austin's one of them. So I just love it here. Then I got friends here. You got you got, you got Joe here, and then you got Brian Simpson and... Uh, uh, Segura and all the podcasts are here. So, and the mothership, of course, uh, plus all the festivals. And it's just fun. It's something about this town. It's, it's a big party. Dude, I'm really excited for Brian. His Netflix, or his, not his Netflix, his special comes out in mid-March, and uh, I'd seen him working on that for a couple of years. It is uh, cherry on topped by that WAP joke. I can't wait for, uh, for the rest yeah. of the world to find out about Brian Simpson. That is one of the underrated funny dudes around right now. So funny, great comic. He's doing my podcast uh, next week. I'm excited to see him. But yeah, he's a beast. It feels like some good comics are really popping. Soder just put out a special, uh, Rory Scovel. So yeah, it's, it's a good time for the yuck yucks. You going to uh, swing over and maybe uh, <laughs> open for Soder at the Comedy Mothership once your Paramount shows are done tonight and tomorrow? I think so. I did four sets there last night. You can just 
Bapa up and down those those two rooms. Yeah. Uh, so I think either he might he might come to mine or I'll go to his. Does the comedy mothership meet the hype? I've heard you guys talking about it. I mean, is it really as cool as advertised and uh, just uh, a comedian's comedy club, as many say? It really is. It's one of these clubs. I walked by at like 6 p.m. last night in the rain on 6th Street, and there's a line around the block already. So it just fills up, and these people want to see comedy. They don't, they're not analyzing your act. Nothing's problematic. It's just fun. It's uh, what comedy kind of felt like it used to be. So it is a great, and it's a great room, great layout, great sound, good times. What do you like performing more, the mothership or the comedy cellar? Ah, jeez. Well, comedy cellar I love. You know, I'm a New York guy, so it's it's just a place in my my hole. But uh, <laughs> it's just they're different. They're different. The comedy cellar is way more intimate. It's small. It's it's a it's like a shoebox underground, and it just has a great sound. But the mothership's a little more like a little theater. All right, let me ask you this the thing, because I know New York uh, comedians aren't always treated kindly out in L.A., so what about Mothership or Comedy Store? Ooh, well, Comedy Store is great, too. It's got a lot of history, but L.A. crowds are a little queefier than uh, than Austin, so I'll go Mothership. Are, are L.A. crowds still as sensitive as they were a few years ago? I would have assumed folks had lightened up by now. A little, and you know, you can still get your you can still get your people out, the right people. But uh, yeah, LA can be tough. People are up their own ass. They got their own world going on. They're an influencer. They're covered in Botox. You know, they're they're trying to plow an athlete. So uh, I think it's just a different world over there. Whereas Austin's like real people live here. You know, considering uh, the world with which you reside, uh, you're, I don't know if I call you friends with Seinfeld, your acquaintances with Seinfeld, you've opened for Seinfeld before. Uh, have you ever spent any time around yeah. Larry David out of curiosity? Because uh, LD is uh, one of my big influences. He's my hero. I, I met him once at a wedding, believe it or not, huh. and I didn't want to bother him. Of course, I wanted to go down on him, but I didn't want to <laughs> bother him. So I just met him and I just kind of observed him from afar. And I watched him get mad at uh, one of the, the staff members of the wedding place. And I was like, it was like a curb episode. It was incredible. Yeah, I've got a buddy who used to live in New York City. And uh, he had testicular cancer when he was in high school. And Seinfeld is something that helped him get through the craziness of that. But he lived on McDougal a decade plus ago. And at one point, he actually saw Larry looking around confusedly on McDougal Street right next to the, to the cellar. And so he goes up to him. He's like, hey, Larry, sorry to, sorry to do this. I just need to let you know how important you are for me in my life and the testicular cancer thing. And he's like, he's like oh, thanks. You're okay now. He like was a little bit freaked out by it. And he's like, no, 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 I'm fine now. I'm in remission. Everything's great. I can't help but to notice, though, that you look a little bit confused. Is there something I can help you with? I live in the neighborhood just a couple doors down. And Larry's like, yeah, I need to find a pharmacy or a bodega. I need tampons and I need Tylenol, which is a very Larry David request, of course. And so he actually takes oh, him there, incredible. 
helps him helps him get the uh, the the tampons and the Tylenol. People start recognizing Larry in the store, and he's like, "No, no, no! This is just my uncle Phil." He gets recognized by everybody, and even though he's not Larry David, well, they end up going back to the restaurant after that, where Larry and his his family were. And uh, my buddy gets to take a picture with him. He buys a disposable camera, and Larry's holding up the uh, the bag in this picture. You can see the tampons through the uh, the plastic bag of this bodega, and it's uh, truly a uh, a life highlight, not just from my buddy, but uh, also for me getting to retell that story secondhand. Wow, that's insane. That's incredible. I love that he bought the disposable, and I love that he helped him, and I love that Larry was trying to buy tampons. I mean, that's that's a hell of a story. That's just that dude's life, man. Like, I talked to uh, Jeff Schaefer, who's his... Uh, he's basically the Larry David to curb that Larry was to Seinfeld. He's his writing pro- partner. He directs a bunch of stuff. Like he has these conversations with him all the time. Apparently, Larry, I don't know how big of a football you fan, but Larry wants to remove all kicking from football. So no more field goals, no yeah. more extra points. And uh, Jeff told me that not only does he argue with them about this every year, but Larry got it in his mind to actually call the Rock up. <laughs> to try and propose this idea for the spring football league that's coming up next month. So if we see no goalposts in the uh, the UFL or whatever the hell it's called now, that will be the Larry David effect on football. <laughs> see, I love that he's got these weird quirks. He's so passionate about this such stupid stuff. I love that. Agreed on that. He is stand-up comedian Mark Normand performing at the Paramount Theater tonight and tomorrow night here in Austin. You can get tickets now there's only a scattered few that remain for both shows but go to austintheater.org to do so also check out his website marknormandcomedy.com through that website you can watch some of the old specials not including the most recent one was on netflix late last year and get to the podcast too because he and sam Rill do a great podcast called we might be drunk where they speak with fellow comedians occasionally you get some athletes in there as well as a matter of fact we may talk a little bit more about that coming up on the other side with media mark norman at the paramount theater tonight and tomorrow austintheater.org right here on sports day plus it's sports day plus with trey ellie it's sports day plus with trey ellie Coming up, one more segment with stand-up comedian Mark Normand performing at the Paramount Theater tonight and tomorrow. Scattered tickets remaining. Go to austintheater.org to snag those. Quickly, I wanted to let you know about my friends at Pest Wranglers. That's right, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. They have been taking care of people's pest problems here in Austin and Central Texas, going all the way back to 2006. At that time, my friend Steve, a.k.a. Cooter, who doesn't want a pest guy whose nickname is Cooter? He founded Pest Wranglers with the motto, effective, reliable, affordable. The secondary motto should be excellent customer service because that's what they provide as evidenced by all the five-star ratings and reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. And right now is a great time to get in touch with Pest Wranglers to get out in front of mosquito season. Uh, with warmer temperatures, mosquito season soon follows, and pest wranglers can help minimize that around your home. They actually offer eco-friendly treatments that don't target bees or butterflies and is non-toxic to birds and mammals. That means those dogs sniffing around the backyard. It's effective for up to a month, kills mosquitoes that transmit all sorts of deadly diseases, works against insecticide-resistant mosquitoes. This stuff is field-validated with a ton of scientific research backing it up. So good, it's been 
used in Africa for malaria control. They also offer a more conventional mist treatment for fast knockdown. It's a good one-time treatment if you have an outdoor party or pool party coming up in the next few weeks. Actually effective for up to 21 days too. Good news for both is there's no horrible odors after either treatment and it's also wallet friendly too typically under a hundred bucks per month and because they do believe in that customer service no contracts go to pestwranglers.com for more info and to get yourself on the schedule returning with mark norman he's a stand-up comedian at the paramount theater tonight and tomorrow scattered tickets remaining for both shows go to austintheater.org for tickets so uh, you did mention the podcast a little bit earlier. We might be drunk. Uh, you and Sam. Oh, yeah. You crush it every week, man. It's mostly comedians. Occasionally, you'll have somebody else on. Richard Jefferson was on a few weeks ago. Did he really drink you guys under the table that day? Well, I had a bunch of shows that night. He brought a bottle of Lagavulin, and he killed probably 90% of it. I had about two or three cocktails, and I, it was, you know, it's like noon. It's like 1230. Oof. So. I had like four spots that night. I had another podcast to do. So I was trying to somewhat take it easy, but that guy, he can really put it back. I was impressed. Does it make you a bigger basketball fan, even though he's obviously not playing anymore, speaking with somebody like that and hearing how, how cool somebody like that is who, uh, who is now covering the sport as a, as a broadcaster? A hundred percent. I mean, I like basketball, but I get worried about having athletes on because they're not exactly the most, uh, funny talkative or interesting uh you know unless you're you're michael vick but <laughs> i uh i want to i want to be funny and joke and stuff and a lot of a lot of athletes aren't really capable of that but this guy was a pro and he could talk and he was cool and he had stories and he drank so he was dream guest I love how you don't compromise your willingness to say the most offensive thing humanly possible, regardless of the audience on that podcast. It's hilarious that Sam is having to play uh, the straight guy on that show in a sense. But uh, thank you for uh, for keeping it real in those situations on We Might Be Drunk. <laughs> hey, no problem. You know, it's a, it's a pod. Let's get crazy. You know, we're, we're not on the Tonight Show and let's enjoy that. Let's get let's get nutty. Exactly. Real talk. So you and Sam, uh, you also have a whiskey, Bodega Cat Whiskey, which I believe you can order through the mail right now. But I've heard you guys talk about there's a an, an, uh, problem finding distribution. I, I figured it would be a no brainer with you guys offering an alcohol like that. What's the hold up here? Why can't we get this uh, at liquor stores in Austin just yet? It's a whole thing. A lot of red tape. I mean, everybody's everybody, their grandma's putting out a liquor right now. And I think that's part of it. It's uh, everybody wants that coveted spot on the bar shelf. So uh, it's a lot of legal. It's a lot of lawyers and all that. So we're, we're getting there. We're actually really close. So it's going to happen. Gosh, darn it. But it has been, and you gotta, you gotta think we're, these are we're two joke clown idiots. We don't know anything about uh, business or city finances and legal mumbo jumbo so we are way behind the eight ball so we're we're trying to figure it out slow so are you basically just having to hire more people who know those things better than you guys do you're not able to to accomplish it yourselves that's exactly right we had to hire a guy to help us and he's holding our hand and we're you know special needs kids That's right. Speaking of, uh, I, I don't know if this is the uh, the Shane Gillis effect or the cumulative effect of stand up comedy, but there are two words who are have returned to the uh, common vernacular, not just with adults but also kids in 2024. Mark, after uh, these words would get you canceled a couple of years ago, the word "gay," like saying something is gay yeah. or calling somebody gay, and then also the R word, saying. 
And I only know that not just because of my own personal experience, but also because I've got a nine and seven year old at home and I asked them what those words mean. And uh, one of the definitions for each was uh, the way that it was used back in the 1990s and 2000s. So I guess kudos to you and Gillis and uh, everybody else who is uh, who has not backed down in that regard. I actually think you had the uh, the best stance on uh, the word in your most recent special. So uh, thank you for putting it in plain English while obviously making people laugh about it as well. Oh, I almost said it on here just now, but I held back because I didn't know you you guys' rules and regulations. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a funny word, and it does feel like it's coming back. I mean, the guy said it on the SNL monologue on NBC, which is pretty pretty wild. Yeah, my chin was on the floor for that. Uh, Curious, because uh, you're friends with Shane. You obviously uh, have known him for a ton of years. I'm only familiar with him as his comedy. As much as I wanted to see that, and the monologue was funny, and there were a few decent moments, that that was a sad display of just how bad SNL has gotten. Because even Shane Gillis on that show, there were minimal laughs, and him taking more chances like that, too, even. That show has gotten so creepy and weird. and like I, I don't know if you saw Dave Chappelle did it once. Yeah, and he said a joke, and the crowd kind of gasped and recoiled. <laughs> and he goes, uh, "Oh, sorry, Lauren, I thought this was a comedy show." And you're like, "Yes, this show used to be Farley and Chris Rock and David Spade and all this stuff, and uh, now it's really just kind of a a Gen Z jerk uh, fest." I don't know. It's just like, "Hey, we got to stay stay on the narrative, stay toe the line," and you're like. Well, comedy's supposed to kind of go against the grain. And this is like, hey, you better behave, young man. This feels so appropriate. Yeah, it, it does feel like it's maybe starting to run its course. I see that with The Onion also. The Onion used to be great just for the headlines, if nothing else. There wasn't a ton to the stories necessarily. But you read those Onion headlines and it makes you chuckle. The Onion's not even trying to be funny anymore. It's just basically attacking one side now. It's like, oh, you've lost the satirical ability, which means that you're completely worthless to us. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's uh, activism has really ruined a lot of comedy. You know, it it should just be joking, but now it's like, hey, we can't joke about that because this will piss off this group. And you're like, wait, what? Once you start doing that censoring, it's all over. Yeah, is is there something? Because obviously, uh, comedians evolve, and there's things they're just not interested in in talking about anymore. Is there something that's taboo that you talked about in the past, and you're like, ah, I just I just don't care enough at this point. To uh to poke holes or uh or to mock this thing. Uh no, not really. I'll, I think it's, if it's funny, you can you can do it. So I got school shooting jokes and abortion and AIDS and all that. And I'm not one of these guys who's like, I want to come out here and shock the crowd and make everybody walk out and puke and blood. But I think if you can make a dark thing funny, I think that's almost cooler. It's like, hey, we made light of this. 9-11. It's a big part of what it's all about. And if it's a polarizing issue, uh, having fun with both sides, mocking both sides in the process. Yes, yes, exactly. We're all going to die one day, folks. Why are we taking this what, a big blue marble spinning through space? Off. Why are we taking this so seriously? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, considering that you are spending time here now, I'm assuming you're not uh, just uh, grabbing from the grocery store every time you're having a meal. Is there a place that you uh, really love food-wise in this town that you like grabbing a meal, either before a show or I'm actually uh, just when walk- 
I'm walking around looking for a spot right now. I'm downtown on Congress. If you got any ideas, please. I need a taco or something. Okay, where on Congress? Right now I'm on Congress and Sixth. Uh, Congress and 6th Street. All right, go towards 2nd Street. It's going to be a little bit more of a walk, but you live in New York City. You're used to walking. Go towards 2nd Street. I'm good. 2nd Street. Okay. Uh, so you're going to be going towards the river. Take a right on 2nd Street and go down. You'll uh, you'll pass over Colorado. You'll pass over Lavaca. You'll pass um, Guadalupe. And when you get to... Uh, San Antonio Street, there will be a sandwich place on the corner there called Local Foods. They've got really good sandwiches. Uh, They've got bowls and salads and whatnot. And a, not, I hate to put the hype on it, but I'm not kidding you, a delicious chocolate chip cookie. So uh, go there, get a sandwich. They've got good homemade chips too. And get that, uh, that extra chocolatey chocolate chip cookie. Hell yeah. All right. I'm going there right now, baby. All right, and uh, you, if there's a, a few of you can actually snag the uh, the scattered tickets that remain at the Paramount Theater tonight or tomorrow night, should make the effort to go see Mark Norman. He is one of the funniest in the business. Look, I don't care if you watched the Netflix special from last year. It's all new material now. Uh, by the way, you feeling good about yeah. the hour at this point, or are you still working some things out? Uh, I think it's pretty solid. I got like a killer 45 and then I around for 15 minutes at the end, but it's, it's cooking baby. So come on by. It's all brand new. By around, you mean, uh, asking people for, uh, to yell things out and then you, uh, you do your classic bit with that in return. Exactly. I love that. Can't wait to see it. So yeah, check it out. AustinTheater.org for tickets. MarkNormanComedy.com to uh, check out all the tour dates. You can watch old specials there. I don't know if there's a link to Bodega to Cat Whiskey, but you can also get to the podcast from there too. Mark, thank you so much for the time today, man. Really enjoyed it. And uh, you enjoy local foods here in a few minutes. Hell yeah. Thanks for the tip. And uh, I I love this town. And thanks for having me. Praise Allah. Coming up, I'm speaking with my friend and the newest member of 1027 ESPN, Tyler Campbell. Real Life, Real Talk returns to the airwaves tomorrow at 10 a.m. right here on 1027 ESPN. It's Sports Day Plus with Trey Elling. It's Sports Day Plus with Trey Elling. Tyler Campbell is one of the great guys on this planet. He's a motivational speaker, former Division I athlete, and a guy who is the newest member here at 1027 ESPN. You can actually hear Tyler starting tomorrow. It's going to be every Saturday from 10 to 11. That's right, real life, real talk. It's hitting the ESPN airwaves. And Tyler is now nice enough to join me to talk about that and more. By the way, check out his website as well. I am TylerCampbell.com. TC, always a pleasure, man. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. And the public needs to know this, Trey. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from you throughout your time, your tenure, and us crossing paths in radio. And, and one of the greatest things I learned from you is, is patience. And, and kind of leaning more on your talents and knowing that they will allow you to flourish if you can be patient as changes are being made. And that's why I feel special because now uh, here we are again, a part of the same, the same broadcasting network at 1027 ESPN. 
And, uh, man, what can I say? I'm following in the great Trey Elling's footsteps, baby. <laughs> well, I'm glad you called me earlier because I was completely unaware. I mean, I, I start doing the broadcasting thing at like 10 or 11 a.m., depending on how many interviews I have recorded for a day, and my head is in the sand for the rest of the day. So when you called, I was like, oh, cool. I always love hearing from Tyler. And for you to be able to tell me that uh, we are uh, radio family once again, is uh, that's the best news of the week by far, and it's been a pretty darn good week too, man. Oh, man, special, brother. Thank you, thank you, and, and honored to be on the show today, man. So for people who maybe had not tuned in to Real Life, Real Talk uh, in its previous incarnation over on 104.9, what can people expect from 10 to 11 on 102.7 FM tomorrow for that hour? Yeah, and you said it earlier in the introduction, man. I, I am, I'm, I, I'm a proud student, former student athlete, man, a proud graduate of University, I mean, San, University of San Diego State. And, and, you know, was fortunate enough to play football there. Got my, got my business management degree there. Uh, so for me, uh, you know, I can't have a, a show without crossing over somewhat into relevant topics of what has taken place in the week of sports. And since my hiatus of about six or seven months, man, Trey, you know, I've got a, a, a stack book of topics that have taken place, especially in the NCAA realm of things. Um, over the course of months, man, that I've been waiting to kind of get off my chest. But I, I feel more than anything with radio and, and the listener, you know, I, I really want to try to connect. And there are a lot of people who listen to the network that have no idea uh, who I am and, and what my history is in radio. And, and so with the first show we're going to have on Saturday, Trey, we're going to talk about uh, why I am in the inspirational segment of life, why I travel as an international speaker. Um, how I've been blessed to be an Amazon best-selling author, uh, and, and what led to those things, you know, uh, multiple sclerosis. Why is that in my life? What, what doors does that open to you, to me? And, and really, I just want people to know that I'm a great storyteller. Uh, you tune yeah. into the show. We're going to talk about principles, and I'm going to leave you with three of them that I guarantee will help you and bless you throughout the course of your week. Uh, I'm a person who, who lives by inspiration. My life has been nothing but that. Uh, my father is, is a, a Heisman Trophy winner, Hall of Famer, Earl Campbell, official Texas legend. Those are big shoes to fill. Um, but there's a lot of things that life has taught me. There's a lot of adversity and hurdles that uh, I've been blessed to overcome. And I just want to be able to share those real life principles with people as a means of just making your day better. Uh, so it's sports, it's inspiration, it's community, it's unity. And we have fun for an hour together, man. Yes, you do. And by the way, for anybody who is interested in the book, it is an awesome read. I was actually, I uh, had the pleasure of showcasing it on my former radio show on the horn. But more importantly for me, I got to uh, tell the people uh, about your story and uh, talk with you in depth about that book through booksonpod.com. Go back and check that out. It is truly an awesome book. And uh you want to talk about somebody that could uh, could could let something seemingly negative uh, derail things? And by the way, that's not to say life has been perfect for Tyler. He uh, takes those negatives, takes the lemons, and turns them into lemonade, as uh, as the kids like to say. Kids don't like to say that. Tyler, what am I talking about? It's senior <laughs> citizens that are saying that sort of thing right now. Let me ask you because you did mention that you've been bottling up college football opinions for six months now. Holy cow, are we watching this sport change before our eyes? What is, uh, let's do, let's go dress rehearsal here. What is the biggest thing you're going to get off your chest tomorrow with regards to college football? 
I want my six hundred dollars for being featured on NCAA two thousand eight. Seven, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, hey, 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 Trey, listen, I can tell you, listen, listen, man, come on now, I was a 90 speed, fastest fullback in the game, all right, I had an 86 truck stick, 93 in awareness, um, man, I was, it was, it was a cheat code at San Diego State, baby, I want, I want my 600 bucks. No, um. Wait, wait, no, well, hold I, on, hold I, on a second, was that the real rating that you got, or is that you boosting the yeah, numbers a little no. bit? No, that was that was that was dead. I'm dead serious. You Holy cow! I, I'm sorry, I never knew this. You were a hell of a running back on that game. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't know. Hey, nobody, because nobody cared. Nobody was really tuning in to play with San Diego State. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. So I, I get it. No, but man, that, but but Trey, in all essence, I'll take you into the locker room. In the locker room of, of college football, guys could really not wait to see what the ratings were. I don't know how Madden is. I never played pro ball. Uh, but that NCAA game carried weight. Yeah. Um, you couldn't wait to see what your ratings were. That's that's honestly God's truth. Um, but but I, I know we're short we're short with time. So outside of my six hundred bucks that I would like to have, um, and and me showing my kids proof that your daddy was actually on an Xbox three sixty game and <laughs> these were his ratings. My whole thing with with this is I love the fact that they're getting paid now, Trey. I'm I'm more than on board, man. I, I'm I'm a historian. I remember the days of the Fab Five. I remember Jalen Rose being very outspoken about the things that they went through and, and just the branding and the marketing that comes from doing that. And you know that coaches were always allowed to come and go um, as they pleased, right? And, and you kind of just got used to the business uh, of college sports. Uh, nobody transferred during my tenure in my years. And, and I, I just get kind of worried, Trey, that when, when, your first, when your first inclination towards playing college sports is what is the NIL deal, what can you offer me, long before the, the education, the, the many things that get offered by a university, um, and then these offerings, these dollars come well before you even stepped on the football field to prove yourself, Trey. Um, I get concerned about, about the work ethic. Like when you arrive on campus, how hungry are you going to stay? How hungry will you be? And then we all know recruiting. Listen, you're not the only running back getting recruited. Trey, you're not the only wide receiver. There's a boatload of this. It's all about empty promises. You have to really, it's the first big decision you make as a teenager of, of kind of like where you want to be and it has to be something honestly it's got to be something a little bit bigger than football as to why you're going because there's going to be highs and lows there's injuries within the sport can you stay committed to something that far exceeds what you're getting paid yeah um you really gotta love this thing and i feel like that kind of gets taken out of it and then i, I worry about the commitment level trey um Things happen. I was a running back all my life. I got switched to fullback. You know, I did not like it. I was a running back at heart, but I was committed to my school. I signed a letter of intent. I just wanted to help get W's, like by any, any means necessary. And so I feel like the word commitment gets devalued because, Trey, if you're not getting the playing time you want, right, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not getting the number that you want, if, if you're not getting the money that you want, you just bail. And you and I both know we come from a situation where things did not work out at previous places. We had to find new jobs. 
Yep. We had to find a new place to get our stuff out. There was no time to quit. Um, my, I, I worry about the work ethic of the next generation of the young athlete because when you don't get what you want in life, you can't just bail. Trey, you have a wife, you have children. Life didn't stop. You had to figure it out. And, and, and I just worry about that aspect of life of the student athlete that we're ushering and teaching because we're teaching that if it doesn't work out, if you don't get the money you want over here, if you don't get the playing time you want over here, you get into the portal, take the NIL deal here from that, and then go to the next place. And Trey, does anybody talk about the amount of kids that are still left in the portal and the percentages of kids that don't make it out? Those are the things with the landscapes of college football, man. It hurts. I really worry about what we're teaching the athletes, brother. Yeah, look, there uh, is an education component that needs to go hand-in-hand with everything else happening right now. I predicted, and I guess we haven't heard about this just yet, that there would be a lot of guys who are a little bit more confused come tax season because you are earning income and it's being done in a weird way. There's not necessarily a straight employer there, which I think speaks to an impetus for them yeah. to streamline this process that much more. And things are coming from collectives now, or may there may be somebody who is trying to find endorsements on your behalf, maybe a manager or whatever their version of an agent is. But uh, as hard as schools and the NCAA is fighting against this right now, we ultimately need to see these kids in the money-generating sports being considered employees of the school. I'm sorry. It's a Mm -hmm. stupid argument to claim otherwise when there's billions upon billions being made. There will eventually be a rev-sharing deal in place, and these collectives officially end up under that university or athletics department umbrella as well. You are delaying the inevitable and basically setting the whole development and evolution of this process behind by refusing to acknowledge that or continuing to fight that battle. Hey, Tyler, we're up on a commercial break right now. Do you mind sticking around for one more segment? Oh, absolutely, Trey. I I love where you're going. Absolutely. I love it. Okay, cool. We're going to do that. He is Tyler Campbell. New show on ESPN, uh, 1027 ESPN, 10 to 11 on Saturdays. Real life, real talk. Yeah, the show's been around for a while, but guess what? It found its new home here, right here on 1027 ESPN. It's Sports Day Plus with Trey Ellie. It's Sports Day Plus with Trey Ellie. Back for one final segment with the great Tyler Campbell, his new radio show. The radio show has been around, but it's new to the 1027 ESPN airwaves. As of tomorrow and every Saturday going forward from 10 to 11 in the morning, it's real life, real talk. Check Tyler out elsewhere through his website, IamTylerCampbell.com. All right, Tyler, since we were just on the subject of college football, I wanted to ask you one more thing in that regard, because it's not all doom and gloom necessarily. The NIL thing is very important. We're glad that's in place. It was inevitably going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but we're starting to figure these things out. Uh, With that and uh, with the added interest to college football comes an expansion of the postseason. Are you a fan of the 12-team playoff, and do you think there's a number where they maybe take that too far in terms of expanding the playoff from two to four and now to 12 or 14 man I, I listen i'm i'm in favor i've always i've always loved the way d1aa did things uh as even as a, a d1a athlete i always admired 
their system and and how they did things. So I, I'm I'm always I'm on board with an, an expansion um, with the 12 team expansion. It, it's a lot of football games that are, that are going to have to be had and played, uh, Trey. But I do like it. I, I mean. I, I love college football. I never, I mean, I, I never wanted to end. I love watching the games. Um, I, I, I tell people all the time, just go into it knowing that somebody's going to get disappointed. There's always going to be like a situation like a floor, you know, a Florida State of this year. Or if you look in in years past, there's always been situations where someone has been left out, and you just you just know that. I feel like no matter what number that that gets put out there, you know, there's always going to be people that are in opposition of it. But I love the fact that we are going to get an expansion because I really feel like there are going to be some teams that are going to further prove and have upsets, um, you know, as parity in college football continues to, to, to continues to rise. So, man, I'm in, I'm in favor of it, Trey. Do you think this is all headed for the SEC and Big Ten creating their own super conference? And I hate to say leaving everybody else in their wake, but leaving a lot of these teams who don't really have national championship aspirations year to year, they may have an opportunity to win a national championship on a Division II or whatever that next level down is uh, from that uh, Big Ten SEC Super Conference. I think so, and you know just as well as I do. I mean, you know the business. You know the money. You know the, you know the amounts of dollars with these television contracts that the SEC and the Big Ten have. They don't have to worry about everybody else. They are big-time TV. Everyone is going to tune in. And so, yes, I'm right there with you that, that the opportunities will be able to open up. And, and, and you know, I, I think that they, they can control their own destiny, Trey. Money will always talk. And you let me know when money is going to stop rolling into the, to the Big Ten or into the SEC. I don't see it happening. Goodness gracious, the SECs, look at, look at the teams that they've added. Now, I, I just say, again, here's the heart of me and the student-athletes speaking for me. Um, if, I'm, if I'm a student and I'm, I'm going to Oregon and now I'm going to have to cross over into the, into the Big Ten, how often is my family going to be able to see me play? Mm. You know, um, those are the things that, like other things behind that you get to commit to. They're, the conference changes and the things that alter not only in the worlds of football, but what about all the other athletes as well? Um, there's something to be said about the soccer teams or the different volleyball teams, the different athletes who literally committed because you wanted to what, Trey? You wanted to stay close to home yep. consistently. I wanted my mom to have access based off the conference that we were going to. I wanted my family. I can speak from, the, from, my, from my dad's standpoint, coming from absolutely nothing in East Texas. I mean, it was another added thing for him to go to UT instead of Oklahoma because of the, the proximity. Right. Yep. Um, and what that meant to family. And, and, and I think like little things like that, we don't think about. But in the minds of the student athlete, there are a lot of students that are bummed because, man, the ability for their parents to see them, which is what they came to that university for. Um, it got shrunk by half based off of where games are now located at. Right. That, that, um, that is that is a great point. I hadn't considered that. Hey, speaking of family, I guess I need to give you congratulations. I'm saying I guess because, oh my gosh, it's like my worst nightmare to consider uh, such an addition. But you have a new bundle of joy, you and your wife do. So congratulations on the nine-week-old. This is kid number four now. Tyler, I've got two, and I'm terrified of uh, of being a person down in terms of the child care. Uh, y'all are now going to be working two down for the foreseeable future, but congratulations. 
Hey, thank you. Uh, no, we don't get any babysitters anymore. Nobody babysits <laughs> four. Okay, three three is a is a no, and then four is like a definite no. So so stay with your stay with your two. Okay, Trey, stay with your two. Oh man, uh, what what is your favorite aspect of fatherhood in twenty twenty four, Tyler? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, that that I you know that there my my son there, from an athletic standpoint. Can I just say this? Because I've got young athletes, and it, and it um, I feel like they they know so much more. Um, they're so much more technically sound. Yeah. Um, then then I, I mean I feel like Trey, like when we played sports, we just showed up. Yep. Like we had practices, but we just kind of showed up. But now these these kids, YouTube, the evolution of athletes that they enjoy, um, they are so much more technically technically sound. Um. That's kind of, it's mind blowing to me. Um, also, you know, it just, it just further showcases to me that love has to be more at the forefront of your relationship with your children. So I I set that up to say, um, there's a lot of push for athletics. I feel like more so even than when we were kids, a lot of parents living through their kids. Um, what it does for me is it, it makes me take a step back and I feel like it is my responsibility as an adult to inject love into my children first um, and just overall helping them to just enjoy being out there with other kids because as much as technique and and as much technically sound as things are, I feel like there are also underwritten pressures that are being built up into kids unexpectedly. And, and if you don't, if you don't ingest love into your children, they're going to not love what they do. So I look at the sport, from a different perspective and being involved in my kids. When I, when I talk about parenting, my kids play sports. Yes. But I love the fact that it's more of an opportunity to love on my children and not put boundaries on my kids in terms of, I need you to do this. I need you to be great at that. There's so much of that. There's so much competition so early that it's sometimes scary. We flip it in our household and it has to be about love first and expectations. Never. Um, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, we kind of look at things a little bit different, but, but for me with kids getting involved in sports, that's kind of how we flip things in our household. It's been a joy and it's crazy because I guess our parenting style is so different because people are, are uber competitive nowadays, Trey, (laughs) uber competitive. Yeah. I'm actually coaching my daughter's volleyball team. Uh, the season starts back up this weekend and, we have, we have really good parents on our team. I, I lucked out in that regard. I, I love coaching these girls, but I've seen some actions from other parents and other coaches too, by the way, who are trying to cheat in second and third grade girls volleyball. We don't even keep score the first seven weeks of the season. Week eight, they do keep score in an exhibition game and the girls get freaked out. And then there's a tournament at the end of the season to watch some adult cheat in second and third grade girls volleyball is sad. All right, last thing now, Tyler, because uh, if you missed it uh, from earlier in this conversation, Tyler Campbell is joining 1027 ESPN as a member of the family. His show, Real Life, Real Talk, he heard it for years over at the other station. It's now on 1027 ESPN from 10 to 11 on Saturdays, starting tomorrow. Uh, you actually have some uh, folks who are proud to uh, back this latest iteration of the show up. Uh, who are some of your sponsors uh, right now, Tyler? Yeah, man, I love it. Uh, the fact that, man, you know, you got to keep it in the family. So special thank you to Earl Campbell Meat Products. Hello for Earl Campbell Smoked Sausages for getting on board. Top 15 
sausage company in America. They sell over 15 pounds of, million pounds of sausage a year. Wow. Um, been around since 1991, so special thank you to them. Uh, New Cara Infusion Sites right there in central Austin uh, nearby Lamar. Mm. Um, thank them for coming on board with us. And the Austin Urban League, uh, who put together so many great sporting and musical events in and around the city, in and around the community. Uh, they came on board and are very supportive of us. Thank you, Quincy Dunlap. Um, over at the Austin Urban League, and, and thank you uh, to, da- to Daniel over at, uh, at New Care Infusion Site, uh, helping us spread the, the word of MS and, and just being involved with real life, real talk. Love those guys, man. I forget what, what time of year it is, but is your, uh, is your annual fundraiser that benefits MS Research, is that coming up sometime soon, or is that a little bit later yeah, in the year? Yeah, yeah. Well, we got some time, Trey. We're not till not till April. We, we pushed you back a little bit to April instead of March. Just giving people a little bit of time, and uh, we'll, we're going to talk more about it. You know, you're always welcome. We do it every year, and we, we can't stop, won't stop, baby. I <laughs> love to hear it. He is Tyler Campbell. Uh, hopefully you know who he is by, right now. If not, uh, he is an ambassador for multiple sclerosis. He is an award-winning speaker, a best-selling author, a former college and high school athlete. Yeah, he's Earl's kid too, uh, but uh, he is a heck of a lot more than that, Earl. Uh, a badass dad, as we got to talk about in our previous conversation, that can be found at booksonpod.com. Uh, and he's now a member of the 1027 ESPN family, starting tomorrow, 10 to 11, every Saturday. Saturday going forward, real life, real talk. You'll hear sports, you'll hear parenting stuff, and a whole lot more. Tyler, always a pleasure. I am so happy to get to have this conversation now, and uh, best of luck with things tomorrow. I'd like to turn this into a weekly thing if you're up for that, but we'll talk off air about that too. Hey, I'd love to, man, and, and, and great to see you, Trey. Enjoy your family. Know you'll stay busy. Coach your heart out this weekend, brother. All right, that is it for another edition of Sports Day Plus and other weeks worth of shows for that matter. Thank you so much to Tyler Campbell for joining me these last two segments and stand-up comedian Mark Normand for hopping on for the first two. You're too late for the show tonight. It's at 7 o'clock, but uh, there are scattered tickets remaining for that Saturday night show at the Paramount Theater, austintheater.org. And thanks to you for listening. Have yourselves a great weekend. I'll talk to you on the other side Monday at 6. In the meantime, hook them. It's Sports Day Plus with Trey Elling.